Hey guys, thanks for listening to <laughs> another episode of Halloween Horrors. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, thank you for listening to another hor- ho- Halloween theme episode, which uh, even I'm surprised maybe I didn't talk about this movie per se because of Nicolas Cage in this. But uh, just in case, I want to make sure that I'm maybe re-talking it or reposting it or something like that because it's a Halloween theme and it is scary. It is scary. However, it does give us a precursor or a predecessor, if you will, of doing something that deals with animatronic bears. So, uh, <laughs> so, anyways, the film that I'm going to talk about is, ironically, Willy's Wonderland. Yes, that fantastic little, you know, horror genre with Nicolas Cage having no lines whatsoever. I kid you not, I've actually looked at this three times over, and no matter what, it's literally Nicolas Cage not saying a line or dialogue in this film. Yeah, he might like do grudge and shouts, but that is not a word form. So, you know, it's like, really? And not to mention, it deals with... Um, it deals with animatronics coming to life, and unaliving kids, that ends up being in the location. Uh, to say the least, uh, this does gives us the whole Chuck E. Cheese vibe with, you know, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I, I, I plugged the name there. I plugged it. Uh, so, it's, it's definitely one of those things, but... It's a sense where it's scary, but not too scary, if if you know what I mean. So, of course, uh, yes, Nicolas Cage stars in this. It's directed by Kevin Lewis and produced by not only Nicolas Cage himself, but uh, Grant Kramer, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Davis, uh, Brian Lore, and David Ozer. So let's go ahead and dive into this bit of a storyline, if you will, because quite frankly, this kind of helps out with the whole, you know, bear theme, if you know what I mean. And it kind of helps out with the if it's good or bad or anything else. But also at the same time, uh, this film literally was filmed uh, in the pandemic. And had no choice but to release on video on demand or VOD because of how uh, back then when it was released, uh, everyone was literally a um, immediate invert uh, converts, if you will. Which basically is everyone stood at home, remained at home, and had to work from home. So uh, this this does give us like this whole little claustrophobic thing. But at the same time, it's understandable that uh, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's literally like a film that you want to watch, but can't really watch in theaters. So anyways, back to the story of how this begins. Where we have a driver actually breaks down, his car actually breaks down uh, out of the town in Nevada. Which, ironically, this lonely drifter ends up being picked up by the town's mechanic, uh, Judd Love, who then takes him to this location, if you will, 
ironically called Willy's Wonderland. Owned by Tex uh, Mikado, which offers him uh, to work while the car is being repaired. He offers him the work overnight. Uh, therefore, he can like get ready for his car. Everything is running, running smoothly. In exchange for like room and board and probably something to eat. But, you know, it is what it is for that small town. So, of course, Drifter had no choice but to agree. But at the same time, it's like he's literally left someone alone inside of a of a confine of a restaurant. Uh, elsewhere in town, uh, we are fine with a uh, sheriff's kid being handcuffed uh, by trying to attempt to burn a building. What building, you may ask? Well, <laughs> the same building that our wonderful overnight janitor is working at. And regardless of how her and her cohorts are being, you know, exchanged on this one, uh, literally they're being let go for just a minor misdemeanor, but someone knows in that group that there's something weird that's going on. So, of course, our night janitor, who is being overseen by these animatronics, you know, just to describe them, of course, we have Willie, which is the sly fox that he is. Uh, we have a uh, Tito Turtle. <laughs> Trust me, these are actually the names of them. Don't look at me. So, Willie Weasel. I thought it was a fox. My bad. Artie Alligator. Cammy Chameleon. Ozzy Ostrich. Nighty Knight. Gus Gorilla. And Siren Sarah. Which, ironically, um, these are the original first names of each psychological ones. But even so, uh, the first, literally, the first one on the bed would be the ostrich. So, of course, you know, the ostrich decides to, like, have fun with our night gender, and, you know, and it's just like it's like a little craze like he's not saying anything he's not bantering or anything he just goes for the whole take this take this and then when when the ostrich literally lands a strike or cut first blood literally the gender kind of like lost it and just like went crazy on it like literally like wow so of course you know uh after the ostrich deal, he then has to clean a uh, bathroom. None other than Gus himself decides to, you know, take a chance at that. Of course, he, in a way, gets unalived by having his mouth being curb stomped into the urinal. And I'm not going to describe a urinal because we, as guys, know what it is. Um, during this time this is happening of course our illustrious little girl is like trying to you know burn the building because of what happened so many years ago in her uh, memory uh, she literally is getting chased down by Artie 
and even so it's like incredibly strange because she's like literally like like running into the whole thing but even so she gets kidnapped by uh siren sarah in the fairy fairy theme room so of course you know she fends off against sarah but she meets the janitor which ironically it's like it's wonderful to see two opposite sides joining forces so of course after when Liv is like which is the winter routine she is like confronted with her friend somehow able to get inside the building with no problem and you know elsewhere doing other things if you will and of course uh, each one gets like visited by any of the seven members that are still remaining uh, of course um, they meet a knight one gets impaled uh, the turtle and siren pretty much unalive uh, one of them uh, the alligator literally done the deed in the party room with uh, with two of her friends Let, let's put it this way they, they caught them in a uh, awkward moment if you will that's all I'm going to explain because it is an awkward moment. And of course, uh, literally, like having a ginger unaliving all the animatronics by many ways and many sequences that, that had happened. But ironically, um, one of the uh, animatronics feels the need to play innocent with one of the kids and well, let's put it this way you can't really trust a um, you can't really trust an animatronic who comes out trying to get you in a manner of trying to you know unalive you so um, that being said of course there was always a backstory being told so when the sheriff and her partner shows up uh, she goes in a heavier rant of why things are happening inside this one place so of course Willie being of a um, mischievous weasel uh, was actually a living being who was donning the weasel costume that you know was like working there but the funny the funny part of all this is is that he was not only a psychopath but he was also a cultist so when word kind of has them like doing whatever that's that's what happens with you know followers they tend to follow the most innate person and just like goes to Father Gusto in a way so of course, uh, they, the original bodies of Willie and his whole team, if you will, was like literally like separated and gone into these animatronics. It didn't stop the uh, psychopaths from killing them. No, it continued on further, up to a point where you know the kids are, you know, are being victimized by these things. So, to appease them, they sacrifice outside the town. 
basically any drifter or anyone that comes out out of there to like you know help out whatever that's when the whole killing spree that Willie's team are doing inside this one building until they feel satisfied that they did but even so it wasn't until like later that this is like happening all around uh keep on happening regardless and more drifters and drifters and even so this is what happens to Liz's original family because she was the only one left alive to carry on her family to knowing that hey even though I was saved by the sheriff the sheriff knew that this was a rotten deal to begin with and she knows that if there was any way to stop these animatronics from killing or unaliving is that they have to take actions of their own ways to unalive them so of course um, the sheriffs is just like they had enough of it they want to make sure that you know that the sacrifice that is our drifter here happens because the sheriff does have a heart she she doesn't want the kid that she was raising her entire life uh, to be part of another sacrifice deal so she tells her partner to take the kid get out of here and then I'm cleaning this mess up myself in a way a bit of a plot twist yes it happens the partner is literally like contemplating rather or not that this should be good or this should be this but at the same time uh, it's like maybe we should find a way to unalive them without hurting the town yeah that was not gonna happen so ironically the turtle decides to like stow upon it's themselves to be like okay this is this is how it goes and sure enough that the only way that Liz is ever going to survive is her to run out after beating the heck out of the turtle which ironically if you've seen that scene it's kind of funny to see so back in Willy's Wonderland of course uh, the sheriff is trying to make sure that the sacrifice happens but with all his uh, dead companions right there in front of him knowing that he literally seen this happening and this drifter is not going down with a fight he's figuring that now no, we're gonna we're gonna unlive the sheriff at the same time because this is way too many people I'm lost so yeah sadly uh, the sheriff was done for and it's only Willie and the janitor to fight off one one after another until you know as much as ironically and I do mean ironically ironically that um, Willie's last battle with the janitor he's literally getting the he's literally getting the stuffing beat out of him and the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, Willie is like getting beat up by these cans of drinks that the uh, drifter finds in the fridge which in my own surprise it might be still edible who knows and you know whacking him keep keeping on you know unaliving this whistle until finally he pulls the uh, Mortal Kombat stance in a way by ripping the head off of the uh, animatronic 
personally, I think it's kind of cute to just see someone who just likes want to, you know, rip something a new one. So, standing as a victory, of course, you know, the janitor had no choice but to um, do his uh, victory lap, so to speak, by cleaning up the remaining damage inside the restaurant, making it look perfect for opening and whatever and whatnot. So when Tex and Jed come back in the next morning with the brand new fixed up car that they kind of wrecked, somehow they wrecked, uh, that's when the drifter just like emerged out of like, out of a scene where it's like, I'm taking my car, I'm gonna go out, and I'm gonna enjoy whatever remaining life I have left. And even so, it's like he's enjoying the bit of freedom that's happening. And sure enough that the kid, Liz, uh, shows up right before he leaves. He's like, yeah, I'll take her with me. She's been through enough. So, of course, uh, with the drifter taking Liz out of town, which is giving him a whole new life and span and all that, Tex and Jed's like wondering, like, yeah, maybe this is a good idea. All the all the creatures are unalive. There, there's no curse, whatever. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine, all right. However, one one more of the animatronics that was knocked out, knocked out, by the way, was able to unalive both Jed and Tex. But in the same process, sadly, um, the animatronic also blew up. Uh, that animatronic would be Siren Sarah, which is basically a pixie-looking person. So that kind of ends the whole genre for them to kind of like continue on the plans with the town as well as the place, leaving us wondering whatever happened to the turtle. Literally, uh, the the drifter literally sped up and unalived the turtle right there in the road. So that ends the film with a close-in for the... Uh, with the last creature, if you will. Now, would I recommend watching this uh, in its entirety? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend this uh, because this ha- happens to be a good horror film. And not to mention, I'm serious. I'm deadly serious on this one, by the way. I'm deadly serious that this is the only film that I can recognize off the bat that Nicolas Cage never said a word. Never. He had a little impromptu victory dance while he was doing the pinball, but never spoken a word or a line whatsoever inside the film. And that's kind of interesting because in the in the way of cinema, you can literally do gestures and expressions and movement to convey a message. Uh, that a character is, you know, he's right there in the mind. He's a straightforward shooter. He's basically almost like the hero in anyone's story. So, just to make sure, yeah, that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. And how the film was, it was quite amazing. Even had its own cult following uh, during the time that it's like in our pandemic moment, you know? 
And that being said, and all that, uh, I do greatly appreciate you listening to these episodes. Uh, I'm pointing out as fast as I can, as much as they are. Uh, but I already have gotten the last two uh, films on there. So until the next few hours or so, <laughs> the next episode might drop. So until then, you guys be good, you guys be safe, and as always, see ya. Hey guys, listen, uh, there's many things changing to these uh, episodes, so yeah, I'm currently able to be listened to, and get this, I've been able to be listened to Amazon Music now, as well as Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google's Play, uh, Google Podcasts with uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, a little bit of Spotify, and uh, I actually recently started doing uh you know, Twitch channels. Uh, so yeah, if you could find me through uh, Lone Tech X, you'd be able to see some of my gameplay right there as well. But at the same time, listen to some of my podcasts uh, outside while I'm still delivering some news. Yes, I'm still trying to do other things other than just this, but just for the time being, you can listen to not only this episode, well, all the other past episodes I've done before I've done Twitch. So, uh, once again, you can guys find me at, and this is actually the uh, head, uh, the head page for this, which is anchor.fm slash edcast20. That is anchor.fm forward slash edcast. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. It's literally uh, EdCast20, which is uh, E-D-C-A-S-T-2-0, which you guys can hear, hear me from there. You can look at there, and you can leave me a message, as well as find the uh, website that's connected at all. So, yeah, here you go. Take care. <laughs>